Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. give you something which we gave to our leaders the other night about the local church. So if you've got a Bible, please grab your Bibles, take your notes. I'm going to sort of move very quickly. I'm not going to be too long uh, this morning, but I certainly want to... So the context of what I'll speak about is, is this. It's about arising and building, building and arising. The book of Nehemiah speaks about, you know... God's people coming back from captivity, 70 years in Babylonian captivity, and they'd come back, and they were starting to come back to their homeland, Jerusalem, in fact, and they'd started to build God's temple again, but they stalled, and I'll speak about that. But then the prophets arose and said, is it time not to build the house? Some people over the years of this church have said, I don't see that. Uh, I know people have come to this church when we're in the tent five years and, uh, oh, you're in a building fund program. You, you want to build it? Yeah, we, we can't stay in a tent all the time. I don't know what they were thinking. But, oh, I'd love to stay. I love your worship. I love your spirituality. I love what you guys do. But really, we just can't belong to a church that are doing a, 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 um, a rise and, we used to call it rise and build program, a vision builders or a building fund for those who are not used to church talk. And uh, we look, my husband won't tolerate it. I love it. I, I'll do it. It's always the women that want to do what God says to do. And the man says, no, look, I know you're going to be asking for money and a commitment to that, to that end. And uh, look, we'll just go down the road to the church that's renting. And I just help move that one of those churches from down the road to another rental and I was so grieved because at the end of that, God wants us to be the head, not the tail. God wants us to have a place of belonging. It's so important for families that are dysfunctional now, especially a lot of youth come to this church through the Youth SG. And, um, and it's so important that we're here week in, week out. We're not one, you know, one, here one day, gone the next, fly-by-nighters, whatever. We've been here 17 years, going on 17 years. We're in this for the long haul. Julie and I, we're in it for the long haul. We're staying together till death do us part. This church is here. That's so important. Some people are waiting in the community. I'll just see if it's one of those churches that come and they go. Maybe there's a whole bunch of people that will be just one on that sole fact that these people are faithful. They've been there 17 years. I'm going to go check them out. They're a faithful people. They keep the doors open. They keep preaching the gospel. And they provide a safe place for my family. I'm going to go down there and check these guys out. It's so important, faithfulness. The community will see that more so than our fancy preaching and whatever. They'll see faithfulness. I love that. So what are we building? We're building a church. Okay, here we go. I said the other night to our leaders, 
I said our vision statement was connect people to Christ Jesus, build and grow the church. This is our vision. This is why we're here. This is the purpose of why we're here. Connect people to Christ Jesus, build and grow the church, release gospel power and word and spirit for the kingdom. I love that. And uh, I talked about what do we create here? An atmosphere, it's a culture. It's, with, it's a city within a city, really. Genesis 28 verse 17 says, says this, he was afraid and said, this is Jacob, how awesome is this place? He's having a full-blown encounter with God. And he realizes, oh my God, this place where I can feel God's presence. He says this, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Imagine people coming and they do. They say, man, I don't know what it is. Someone said the love in this house is palpable. It's tangible. It's real. I feel it. That's a good day because it's, that's exactly what the church should be like. It's, it's a real deal place of God's love. It's a house of love by his presence. When that curtain was ripped from top to bottom 2,000 years ago, his presence was released. That's the kingdom. You can have it at home. You can have it in your car. You can have it at work. You can even have it if you're the lollipop man on the side of the road. You know, go. You can even have it, man. I feel like telling those bored guys, man, you can have the presence. <laughs> Why don't you have the presence and stand there and do that? Instead of being bored out of their skull. You can, ha- you can do the most boring jobs, but if you've got the presence, your life is rocking. Amen? So that's what he's talking about. How awesome is this place? This is another than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. I love that. So it's a gate church. There's a gate. We allow that gate by spiritual means, by prayer and our commitment and covenant with God. There's a gate and in this place, on this property, it is sanctioned as a place where people meet with God and are blessed with God. And I love the scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So it's an atmosphere of faith and it's an atmosphere of vision. That's good church. Find a church, if you're just visiting and passing through, find a church that has vision, that sees a preferred future of what God sees already, that that church and that people see what God wants to do in and around that place, but even beyond and even to the third world nations and the nations. Hang around those people. They're very excited for living. And guess what? You need faith, but hang around the people who have got faith. Pastor Phil Pringle is down in Oxford Falls this morning. He's preaching about faith because people need faith to join with God because he's bringing them to a conclusion for next week also for the whole church to do the pledge for vision builders. So this morning, he's talking about faith. Faith is what we run our life by. Pull into the gas station, your local church, and fill up with faith. 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says it's done by, church is done by leaders and teams. So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. Last week we talked about, I guess, ministering to each other, supporting each other. That, that's what we said, one another. We pulled out all the scriptures out of the New Testament, the one another help each other, support each other, pray for each other, honor each other, love each other. It was powerful. We pulled out so many scriptures that the Apostle Paul mentioned. Ephesians 4.15, instead speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. That means people that hold tough, 
through the love of God, through their commitment through Christ, and build the church and become the church. We are the church, the people are the church. But in fact, we do practical stuff in building also. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I love that. I thought I'd just give you that for free. That's what the leaders sort of. So Haggai 1-2, let's go there. And um, Haggai chapter 1 verse 2, Haggai is a prophet and uh, he was born in captivity. Jeremiah said God's people are going to go into captivity for 70 years and it happened. They were overthrown, God's people, Israel. Their temple was absolutely destroyed. God's holy temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. And I'll just paraphrase what the book of Haggai is talking about here. Uh, this is what the Lord, I've got to use the right tones here. I've got to write, infer the right sort of intention here. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. So the prophet Haggai is standing up here and saying to the people, is it true that the time is not right now to build? The time has not, in fact, yet come for the house of the Lord to be built? Um, just straight up there, I know for a fact, that's the sort of opposition we've faced in building the church. Is it really time? I remember we were doing revival in the 90s and we were caught up in a massive worldwide revival of the church being enlightened and awakened and revived and uh, we were praying, we were doing all these spiritual things, we were seeking the Lord, praying and really doing some real soul searching in God and becoming his people all over again and uh, after being in church since the mid 80s and the 90s came around, 93 we encountered God in such a powerful way. This really upended our whole life from just being nice seekers of God and coming to church every Sunday and having a nice family and we realize, oh my God, there's so much more than that. And so the 90s were really about pursuing God and then when I said church, in the midst of that, I said church, we need to, we need to get our own land. Oh, is it really time to do that? Shouldn't we just keep praying and fasting and seeking God? No, I said, I really believe we need to pursue God and uh, on this matter and, and maybe buy some land. And, and in fact, I believe God wants us to have our own house because that's how, when I got married, that's the first thing that gripped my soul. I've got to provide a house for my family. That's what men do. They protect and provide. And I just knew in my gut, in my spirit, I just knew that we, the C3 Church, we were gonna be in our own building one day, Andrew. And that just totally, absolutely come over me and I was not gonna be budged. I was not gonna rent, I'm not a renter. I, I think renting is great at times, but I personally like to possess and, and be the head, not the tail. And we've done that, you're sitting in that resolution right now. You're sitting in a church that's one-fifth built. It's only one-fifth of this built, Ollie. Ollie's hoping that our generation will do more before he has to <laughs> step up and, come on, you guys, you slackers, come on. <laughs> We're gonna do our best, Ollie, don't worry. 
So God's people were starting to be released from um, captivity. I'll paraphrase here. And uh, they, they cleared the land and um, they cleared the rubble, I should say. And they, 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 in fact, put the foundations in. And they stopped. They stopped for 14 years. Uh, C3, do you feel like we've, we stopped for a good while there? You know, we did all this great stuff. We cleared the land. We put the foundations in. And then, of course, people who know our story, we got pulled up a lot by the financial GFC and uh, other matters. And we felt like, truly, we got pulled up. And uh, Haggai steps up, great man of God, and he says, it's time to go. It's not time to sit on your laurels and rest and just be worried about your own business, your own home, your own family. It's time to build. And in fact, the king at that time says, he's not even a God man. He just says, I think that Jerusalem and the temple should be built. Imagine that, when the world says, the local mayor or someone of importance doesn't even know God, love, you know, love God, but says to the church, you need to build that. We've actually had that. We've actually had why on council said, look, more power to you, build your church. You know, if it's gonna bless our community and provide valuable infrastructure of social services, go for it. But we, we don't wanna know about your God, but build the church. And that's exactly what happened in this time. Darius, it says, build, build. Now's the time to build. So they were stopped, they were st stuck, and then all of a sudden this king, Darius, he says, do you know what? You people, why don't you go build your house? Listen to your prophet, Haggai. Haggai is saying, it's not time to stop building, it is time to build. And, and the king says, why don't you listen to your prophet and build your house? Imagine the mayor coming in here, the local mayor or someone, and saying, the local member saying, guys, what are you doing? Come on, let's do this. You've been, that car park's been far too long like that. Man, you, you, you still haven't got enough children's facilities. You still haven't got enough built yet. What are you doing? Imagine someone like that saying something like that to you. But the prophet rises up, and I want to talk about Nehemiah a little bit as I do. Um, so I had this quote, when people do not want to deny truth and yet do not want to respond to God, timing is the most commonly used excuse. It is not yet God's timing, someone might say, they claim. Even today, too many people use this excuse to avoid obedience to God. Actually, they were using religious reasoning. They were saying, no, we're in captivity. We're not supposed to be doing any building. But Haggai said, can you hear me in there, Mel? Can you hear me in Mel? No, nice and loud, good stuff. No, and, and Haggai says, <laughs> that's a soundproof room. <laughs> yeah, she's not fooled. She's not fooled. And Haggai says, <laughs> Haggai says, it is not time. To, yeah, that's right, to not build. It is time to build. Scottish theologian says, the unfolding drama of redemption says concerning Haggai 1, 2. I'm still on that same verse. If we wait until the devil is agreeable to spiritual progress, we shall make none at all. So Haggai challenges the guys. He says, your, your interpretation of prophecy is wrong. It is time to build now. And that's why this worldwide phenomena of churches claiming land, buying land, building churches, 
We're setting up these satellites of love, these powerful cities on a hill, displaying the glory of God. We've got a great church in Darlinghurst right now. God in the city C3 trying to buy their own church. They're paying an astronomical amount of rent. They can't find a building big enough. You know the story. We've got one of their members here this morning. They can't, we need to pray for them. Let's pray for them right now. I'm grieved because I saw your video and the video, they got a million dollars in the bank, but to buy anything costs four or five million dollars, but they can't find anything because the council's put all these sanctions to stop the church arising in Sydney. But I want to tell you, Sydney belongs to Jesus. Amen. And so we pray for God in the city and Pastor Tim Lowe. We pray, Lord God, that you would give them means and ways for them to acquire the land and the building, the right building. They need kids' facilities. They need an auditorium. They need a place where they can run their social services. They need that building, Lord, and we, we intercede, Lord God, right now, like Nehemiah who prayed and intercede. We pray and intercede for that church and believe for a C3 church. It took Hillsong 10 years to break through the council restrictions and build their building, which was finished six weeks ago. They have a 1,500-seater auditorium in Sydney, it's amazing. This is a fight. When we say we're going to build the church, there's resistance. That's what happened to Nehemiah. Nehemiah was grieved. He's another guy I'll talk about in a moment. Another commentary says about that, Haggai 1-2 says, ingenious in their excuses. They pretended that the interruption in their work caused by their enemies was proof that it was not yet the proper time. So as I said, they cleared all the rubble, they put the foundation in for the temple, but they stopped and they withdrew their efforts. The inter interruption in their work caused by their enemies was proof that it was not yet the proper time, whereas the real motive was selfish dislike to the trouble and the expense and the danger from enemies. This is gonna cost me, there's gonna be trouble, it's gonna cost me, uh, uh, you know, it's not going to be easy, and of course, and of course the story tells us, Haggai and Zechariah dismantled this false, convenient refuge of delay and admonished the people to recommence work on the temple immediately. Can I say this? I'm just only trying to encourage you to believe in the local church this morning. This is what Haggai and Zechariah did. They encouraged the people, you can do it. You can do it, young people. We've had young people giving a pledge of $1,000 for a year. A young person who works at McDonald's for $7, $8 an hour saying, do you know what? I, I feel it. I, I see it, Pastor Phil. I'm going to give $1,000 and faithful with it and bring it in. I had this guy, young guy, come in into the foyer. He said, Pastor Phil, I've got my $1,000. You can spread it out during the whole year. No, no I've got it now. Yeah, there's a bunch of wad of notes. and No, where, where's, where's the money people Phenomenal. This is the phenomenon we're seeing in young people. They believe in the church. They know that politics is not the answer. They know the economy is not the answer. They know that these, you know, charismatic figures of who are, whoever they are in secular society, they're not going to do it. Even their famous stars are letting them down. Some people thought Tom Cruise was going to save the world. Then he got caught up in... Tom Cruise thought he was, did, yeah. But Jesus is the savior of the world. And Jesus is the one that people need. This is serious stuff. The church provides a doorway 
towards Jesus. So what happens? Haggai 1.4, let's quickly move. It is, it is a time, <laughs> Haggai says, it is a time for you yourselves. Is it, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while the house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. I'm gonna stop right there. Thank you, Craig, for seeing our house almost like in ruins. And, and Craig, it's got, he's a major builder. He looks after 300 guys on some big uh, construction sites in Sydney, Newcastle. And he came into the life of our church. He said, man, what are you doing here? I said, well, we're trying to do that, trying to do this. He said, well, that's what I do. That's my forte. He said, what are you trying to do all that for, Pastor Bill? No, let me do that. So he's our new project manager. Amen. And he's saying, what do we do with that car park? I said, well, man, I've given it my best shot. I'm tired, man. He said, no, I know exactly what that needs. So he's running with that. So what are we doing with the kids' room? Have we got any photos of this stuff? Yeah, come on. Oh, yeah. So he says to the storeroom, Craig says, what about this storeroom? We've got our kids out there. It's just steel and, and iron. We've got to be doing better than that. So him and his team, they get in there, and like Nehemiah, in 52 hours, Nehemiah built the walls in 52 days, but in 52 hours... God's children's church facility is built in Jesus' name. Look at those colors. The lady at Bunnings said, you kidding? Do you really? Now, I'll, I'm just asking you again. Before I put the stuff in, you sure you want me to stir this in? Julie is, and the team are radical. Thank you for the people who helped choose the colors. And uh, Rebecca, you're at the back. I see you. Who's been trained in how to pacify our little children. So don't use that color. Don't use whatever orange, whatever. Oh, don't use orange. You'll just have a riot. He said, these are the colors. And listen to, shh, can't hear anything. It's awesome. That's despite the two foot of insulation we put in on the back wall. And, uh, mezzanine, we're gonna build a mezzanine. The engineered plans will be here shortly. And we're gonna build a mezzanine at the back of the church. These are for the offices. We're struggling for offices and guests and kids' church. There'll be a big classroom in the corner and we're gonna be able to do more kids' stuff up there. It's, the kids' ministry is so important for us. We wanna teach our children well and we wanna see them be the next generation that is standing strong. A lot of people are faltering, Christians including, because they're not built on the word. They're not, and we wanna teach our children well. Still people don't even know who Daniel is. Daniel and the lion and David and Goliath. Help me. Come on, church. We got to teach our children well. We're going to start building that in six weeks. I prophesy like Haggai and Zechariah. Sorry, guys. And we're buying a new mic. The prophet challenged the people to ponder whether they had prospered through focusing on building of their own houses at the sacrifice of building God's house had they escaped poverty by not building the house of God and keeping their money to themselves? The question the prophet put to them is, have they cheated God or otherwise? Haggai 1.6, moving through nicely here. You have planted much, the prophet says, but have harvested little. You eat, but have never enough. You drink, but have never have your fill. Bless you. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in purses with holes in it. 
This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring down timber. Go up to the mountains and pray and bring down all this fervor and passion and purpose in God and bring it to the local church. It's not all about money, but it's about a people that come and want to build the house through their giftedness, their talent, their serving heart and say, you know what, I just had a massive encounter with God, I just really want to serve in any way I can. Can I help you clean? Can I help you serve? Can you, that, if that happens out of vision builders, praise God. Yeah. I want to be a vision, I want to be a, a connect group leader. I, I want to serve. I want to do something in the life of this church. My name's not Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name's Jimmy. I'm a giver. <laughs> this is what... The Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring down timber and build a house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. We want to see God, hang on, let's back that up. Verse eight, is that still there? So that I may take pleasure in it, that God may take pleasure in this house. Do you, who believes, let me take a, a, just a little survey here. Who believes that God takes pleasure in C3 Tugger when our youth come Friday night and praise God, they get saved and impacted by the love of God and God, someone does love me. Time and time again, we hear through the young people, oh man, you people are so loving, accepting and forgiving. Who are you people? We're just a family of God. We're just believing for your best life. Oh my God, I've never heard such things in my whole life. Does God take pleasure in that? Does God take pleasure in children coming into the atmosphere of the presence of God and blessed? Does God take pleasure in that? Does God take pleasure in people who are floundering life, no purpose, no value, but all of a sudden, you know what? I'm a leader. I think I can do something for the, for the cause of Christ in my society, in my community, in my sphere of influence. I can do something. And so we have leaders being raised up. People of God. Look at Ollie. He comes from Dubbo. He's just, he's just a, a farmer. He's just a, a, a steel fabricator. He's a mighty guy. He's doing all right, but he still hasn't got that glean in his eye. He comes into this very context of this church that believe in purpose and passion, and the guy comes alive. He says, you know what? I think I want to preach. And preach he does. And so what is the church about? The church tells me in the Bible that it's about raising up leadership. Our best leaders come from the church for our government in secular society too, we're not just talking about all about the church, but you've been raised up to be a voice in the world. So, you know, God's not, Jesus says, I don't come to take you out of the world, but to put you in the world to be a voice. Yeah. Even breathe a dentist. She's working on someone's tooth. Ah, Jesus, Lord, I don't, I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. Just fix my tooth. <laughs> I'm only teasing. The plain fact was that the people, <laughs> the plain fact was that the temple was to be built to bring pleasure to God. It was to be built to be a place where people could bring their worship, their prayers, and sacrifices to God and find peace with Him. It was to be an altar of sacrifice and worship. It was to be a place for ministers to be chosen and made useful to God. The people had hoped to become wealthy. Their vision was for much, but they received only little because their primary vision was for themselves and not God. I'm nearly done. Proverbs 11.25 says, A generous man will prosper. 
He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The prophet continued, Haggai 1.9, you expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. These are the words of the Lord. The pursuit of our lives should not, should not be to look after our own interests at the expense of God's house. The Bible assures us that such an attitude will cause what we bring home to be blown away and even worse. Haggai 1.10, chapter 1, verse 10 says, Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. Have you maybe wondered why your life seems restricted? I don't believe God curses in this present day of grace, but I believe there can be a restriction on your life if you don't sow and you don't get with the program of life, and that is to build the local church. It's seemingly like your life diminishes and you become smaller on the inside. Your love for people diminishes and you just have not the capacity to reach out to the poor and the, 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 the ones that are hurting and downtrodden. You just haven't got enough love to reach out beyond yourself. But seemingly when you do give some sympathy, when you do give some empathy, when you do give some interest to those around you who are suffering the plight of the trial of life, that somehow God gives you grace and you become bigger. And you go, you know what? I think I have something to give. I think I can give something here. And so this is exactly what this scripture is saying. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, verse 113 says, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. I love that, Haggai 113. Then Haggai, the prophet, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. I am with you, C3 Tugra. When, you when he said, and I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. When you said, I will build the local church, I will build C3 Tugger. When you said that, you just got with God right there and you are not gonna be resisted to the point where you cannot proceed. You may be resisted like Nehemiah was when he started to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. That's another story. So God's people started through Ezra, build the house of God, the temple. But Nehemiah came along and as soon as he felt and was grieved for the walls that were around that temple, that they were just broken down, Nehemiah, he, he sought God and said, God, this is not right. This is not good. Uh, and he went to his king and, and the king, I don't get this, the unsaved king says, Nehemiah, if you really feel that for your people, if you really feel that about this city called Jerusalem, I'm going to authorize you to take my best lumber, timber, building materials, and I'm going to make you governor over the, over the city of Jerusalem. So Nehemiah, is, do I have a photo of Nehemiah? Do I have something to show that I'm not talking fables, that Nehemiah is a man of God. So Nehemiah, he's an extraordinary leader. He's just this extraordinary leader. He turns up on the scene in Jerusalem and apparently he walks around the parameter of the whole place, of the whole Jerusalem city and he surveys the broken down, yeah. He surveys the broken down walls and he said, this is not good. And with leadership, extraordinary excellent leadership, and with a total dependency on God, he says, you know what? I think we can do this. He looks at the people, 
guess what? I'm looking for families who can rebuild a wall, who can pray, fight with one hand and build with the other. Who's in this? And we found these families, the Phillipses, the Flannerys. They talk about you too, the street with no names. I'm telling you, there's street with names on this city, in this city. The Flannery, Flannery Avenue, Phillips Road, Can Street, Scott Lane, Boulevard. Boyd wants to be Boyd Boulevard. This ain't a street with no names. This ain't a, this ain't a city with no names. There's streets, there's things that have been done here through the consequence of pioneering people. Like Nehemiah, something got into him. He was grieved. And you can see the trumpet. These are the, these are the people that were supposed to be on the watchtower all around the walls. And so Nehemiah said, you know what? You can put your prayer, get your prayer on people up there. We're going to rebuild the walls. As we rebuild the walls, get your watchmen, get your chauffeur players there and begin to, begin to watch, watch, watch over the city and pray for the city. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you for our praying people that help pray this church. Gail, thank you, Gail, and our Pauline and our pre- Katrina. Where are you, Katrina Markham? People that help pray around this city called C3 Tugra. Thank you so much. So Nehemiah, he stands up in this great city and the city is finally built. The temple is built. The walls are built. And that made way for Jesus Christ because this is the end of history. This is the end of history. This is the time just before Malachi, just the time before Jesus turns up. And it was very important that the temple needed to be built. The temple was a fulfillment of messianic fulfillment of Jesus being able to come back to the temple when he came. Jesus wants to come back to this church continually over and over and every Sunday and every Friday and every day. He wants to continually come back. It's through the house of God. It's through this altar. They built an altar. That's where you bring your worship. That's where you bring your offerings. That's where you bring your heart. That's where you bring your life. And you say, God, I hear your call. The gospel is the answer. The local church is the answer for the plight of humanity. I see the plight of humanity through the news. Lord, help me arise. And so we have this scripture in Nehemiah that says, arise and build. C3 Tugra, I'm done. But I want to say this to you. Nehemiah 2.18. I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me. And also about the king's words, which he had spoken to me. See, Nehemiah prayed 11 times. And when I say prayed 11 times, he really did business with God 11 times. He got on his knees and prayed and said, God, I need help here. I've got Sam Ballard. I've got these people against me. And they're they're, they're against me. And I I, want to do what you've called me to do. And so Nehemiah prayed 11 times. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me. And what the king had said to me, they replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But I like it in the NASB. It says this, then they said, let us arise and build. You may stand, God bless you. Let us arise and build. I'll say that again. Let us, can we say that together? Let us arise and build. And can we say that again? 
let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work and they began to build. Nehemiah 4.20 says, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there and our God will fight for us. Nehemiah 6.9 says, they were all trying to frighten us thinking, their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, Nehemiah said, I prayed, now strengthen my hands. I wonder if we can pray that this morning, Lord God, right now, would you strengthen our hands? Would you strengthen our mind, our heart, our spirit to arise and build a place where God's people, where the unsaved, the seekers, the lost, the downtrodden, the the abused, the sick, the lame, where they can find a city built, a refuge of hope and love and life, where they can come and find the solace and find the peace of God in this place. C3 Tugra, I bless you. I bless the ones who have brought us this far. We are providing a future for our children, our community, and for our God, the opportunity to bless all the peoples that come our way. Let's pray for thousands of people to be saved. Let's pray that we would continue to influence thousands of people in our lifetime through God's A plan, the local church. Let's pray that. Let's believe that. Let's thank God for that, that we have that privilege. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith.